All right. Well, I'm ready to jump into the Word. If you're ready to jump, say jump. All right. There's a good number of people that are ready to jump. I hope that you online were yelling jump out so we could hear you. Sorry that I didn't hear you through the microphone, but uh, um, we're glad that you're joining us online. We hope that you enjoyed the worship from Jordan and Jess, and uh, we just are so excited to have them here. They'll be back next week. Lord willing, weather permitting, and I'm excited to have you guys back next week um, as we continue in our series. So we're continuing in our series, Abide, from John 15 and 16. I am so, 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 and all God's people said, so, all right, some people know, like this is, this is a thing, like we haven't used this in a while, but like everybody usually just says, amen. God, all God's people said, Amen. No, not amen. So excited about this a series called Abide because I want to remain in, I want to continue in, I want to stay in Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit all the time. <laughs> like every second of every day. Now it's a tall order. We've been talking about the fact that we need to abide. We've been talking about the fact that we need to bear fruit by abiding. We've been talking about the fr- fact that you bear fruit, and when you bear fruit, your fruit should abide. And then we've been talking about the fact that we should love one another. Do those themes sound familiar in the last two weeks? Kind of covered all of that. That's a lot to cover. All right, but now we're going to cover something that you're like, what? I mean, you're just like, Jesus, what just happened? Like, you just threw a serious curveball. Like, I was way out in front of that one. I thought, love, joy, peace, maybe, but like, hate? (laughs) He's going to get to this word hate, hatred, and it's kind of weird. So, I'll just say it this way. There's something that's going to happen to you if it hasn't already when you abide in Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you want to know what that something is? No, you do not want to know what that something is. You do not want that to happen at all. You will be hated. You will be hated for Jesus Christ. It's it's not a fun kind of thing to preach about. It's not a fun kind of thing to talk about. But it's true. It's in the Word. And so... I don't know about you, but I'm kind of like, could you help? (laughs) How do you help me? And Jesus is our our helper, and he's sending us a helper, the Holy Spirit, right? He sent us the helper to help us. So here's the thing. Tonight, I'm going to give you (laughs) abide, even when it's hard, okay? And here's how. Help with hatred. God is going to give us help with hatred, all right? So the title of the message tonight is Help with Hatred. Turn over to John chapter 15 if you're not already there. I'm using this brand new Bible. Like this? Every couple of years I start a new Bible. And uh, I started this one in January uh, now at first. And um, this one is for Levi. I have two done. One for Noah, one for Tate. And uh, this one is significantly blank. If you've ever seen my Bible before... It all looks like this little section here or worse. And so if the Holy Spirit leads me to a passage tonight, I'm going to be like, ah, 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 
This is the first time I've ever preached with this Bible. I don't know, like, is there anything that you're like, I would never go in as a nurse without my stethoscope, right? Or I would never, you know, go in as a programmer without my computer, right? Well, I, would, I don't go anywhere without my Bible. I, I mean, my people used to make fun of me because I bring my Bible on date night. I was like, what in the world? All right, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it's a true thing. All right, so I'm going to try to use this Bible. It might be a little rocky, but we're going to go for it. Help with hatred. Anybody need help with hatred? Whether you're the one hating or somebody's hating you. Now, sometimes people call them haters, but I'm not going to use that because I feel like it's a derogatory term. I don't want to make fun of people that are hating. I don't want to make fun of hatred. I want to give you serious help for hatred, okay? So that's what I'm setting out to do. I should set a clock because I see there's no timer in the back. So let me just do that real quick and you guys will all say thank you later. All right, there it is. Five things that's going to help you with hatred. Let me read the text. It's John chapter 15, verse 18. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, going through the Rolodex, which one, which one, which one? A servant is not greater than his master. If, you if they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all this, all these things, they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know me, do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without cause. But... Church, wake up. Here it is. But when the helper comes, at, when I, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will, what is it going to say? He'll take all your problems away. Nobody's going to hate you anymore. He'll, he'll, be so awesome in you that everybody won't say boo to you or think you're doing anything wrong. Does it say that? It doesn't say that. I'm like, that's what I wanted to say. The Holy Spirit, when he comes, will be so powerful that everybody will just get along with you. There'll be perfect harmony. That's not what it says. Here's what it says. He will bear witness about me. He's going to speak. Bear witness. He's going to tell. He's going to testify about Jesus, 
The Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, him. Who's going to hear it? Well, keep going. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. He's speaking directly to the 11, but he's giving the Holy Spirit so that we all can bear witness for him. I have said these things for a reason. I've said these things to you to keep you from what? Falling away. Because he wants you to abide, not fall away. So that's why he's telling you this. They will put you out of the synagogues, the temples, the churches. Hmm, sound familiar? Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you, just to make it real, will think he is offering service to God. Brings back reminiscence of Saul, now Paul. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you in the best, I'm adding this, in the most succinct teaching, the upper room discourse, right? Where he's like, this is my final word to you, last hours to you, disciples. I've said these things to you that when their hour comes, the time comes, when it happens, you may remember that I told them to you. You know what? Guys, Jesus said it was going to be this way. I mean, I, don't, I wake up and I'm like, this is miserable. I wake up and I'm like, why can't you change this, Lord? I wake up and I'm like, this world is crazy. And you read this and you're like, duh. I wrote all this down so you could remember I told you so. You can remember that I said it would be that way. Praise the Lord. We have an awesome God. He knows exactly what we're going through. He told us ahead of time we would go through it. So we need some help with hatred. And here's the first thing. Five things to help with hatred Straight from Scripture, I mean, if I don't get this from Scripture, you let me know. Okay, this is right there. I am borrowing an outline from a pastor friend because he preached this message one time, and I listened to it, and I was like, ding! Like, every once in a while, there's a message, you're like, I cannot improve on that, and with permission, I'm going to preach the same outline. This is it. First thing, first help, number one, don't be surprised. Do not be surprised. What does he say? Verse 19. Let's read it together. Or verse 18. Let's read it. Right there it is. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. It's not rocket science. It's not like, oh man, I can't figure it out. Jesus said, I want you to know the world hated me before it hated you. And evidence, anybody want to have evidence for that? the cross of Jesus Christ. Okay? I mean, just, just one symbol that we all know. All right, now this. A lot of you guys are parents, and you're old enough to know this phrase, or remember this phrase. Sometimes parents do this, just like Jesus is doing it. If you only knew how hard it was when I was your age. Never done that, have you, Andrew? 
I do this all the time with my now teenage sons. When I was your age, I used to walk uphill both ways in the snow to here to school and back. You know, it's like, it's like, that's kind of what Jesus is doing. Hey guys, I've been there. I've done this. I mean, you've seen it happen to me with the Pharisees. You've seen what they've done to me. You've seen how they wanted to stone me. You've seen how they wanted to push me off a cliff. You've seen it all. And you're gonna, the best is yet to come. They're going to crucify me on a, you know, on a tree. <laughs> Every once in a while, you just want to tell your teenage son or daughter, you just want to tell your kids like, hey, I get it. And that's what Jesus is doing. He's like, hey, I get it. You don't have to be surprised. I'm telling you it's going to happen. Don't be surprised. (laughs) Jesus says, you have no idea how hard it's going to get. And he says, you need the Holy Spirit. Now here's the problem that I've identified in my life and in Christians uh, as a whole. We have this illusion that if we just live properly and act correctly and speak correctly, perfectly that no one will hate us. I won't get canceled. I won't be hated. If I just labor over this Facebook post, this tweet, and and nobody will say anything wrong. They're all going to thumbs up it. I don't know if that's a word, thumbs up it. They're going to give it a thumbs up. They're going to love it. And I just got to say to you, Jesus said that's wrong. Jesus, I'm flat out. He's like, that's not happening. (laughs) You could be perfect. You won't, but you could be perfect. And it ain't happening. There's still going to be hatred. Now, a lot of people want to do that. And Luke, Jesus, Jesus warns us in Luke 11, 26, woe to you when all people speak well of you. Woe to you. If that's what you're going for, that everybody speaks well of you, you got got the wrong target. That's what he said. So don't be surprised. They will hate you because they hate me. And he uses the word hate eight times in this passage. And so let me define it for you. To dislike intensely or persistently. To feel extreme aversion for or extreme hostility towards to desire to harm. This isn't like, I dislike you because we had an argument. This isn't like, I distrust you because we have a poor past. This isn't like, you know, mamby-pamby, like, get over it. This is like a visceral, oh, I'm going to hurt you with my words, with my actions. It's coming. That's what it is. I hope that. I've explained that. It's not anger, but it's a, a anger, hurt, envy, all kind of are parts of this and fuel the fire. Hatred is the thing that all of those things feed into. Okay. Like Minnesota comes with cold weather. Can I get it? That's true? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like a burger comes with fries and a soda, right? Like... Like a day at the beach comes with sunburn. Guys, I'm white, right? 
following Jesus Christ comes with hatred. That's just what it is. Hatred, it comes with following Jesus Christ. I hope that's helpful. Don't be surprised. Be prepared. Right? So you're like, well, you're going to prepare me, right? Well, take the rest of the message here, okay? So don't be surprised. Be prepared. Here's the second thing. You'll see it right there in verse 19. Check the source. Check the source. Look it over. So verse 19. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, the world therefore hates you. Is there a word in there that was said quite often? Give it to me. The world. Okay? So check the source is like, okay, why, why is this person angry at me? Why does this person hate me? Is it because you did something dumb? Like, you're like, my employer doesn't like me. Yeah, well, you're late every day. I wouldn't like you either. I'd fire you if you were my employee, right? You know, they're probably offering you grace, not hatred. You know, you get the idea. You could go on and on with that. Like, if, if it's your own devices, if it's your own problem, and we're all sinners, right? So we have things like that. Like, 1 Peter 4 says, you know, don't suffer for being a murderer, <laughs> Don't suffer for lying and cheating and stealing, okay? Suffer for the sake of Jesus Christ. So check the source. The source is the world. And because he uses the word world so many times, you got to just kind of understand it. So let me just paint it for you. He does this. um, John uses the word world 57 times in John. All right, now here's the thing. He uses it three ways. One, the planet, creation. Two, the philosophy, the system of thinking this world has. Three, people, souls. This is really important. You've got to understand this. So flip back in your Bible to John chapter 1. Because you'll see it there. John chapter 1. Look at verse 10. John chapter 1, verse 10. You gotta sit, you gotta see this, maybe even write this down so that you can kind of figure this out. Planet, philosophy, or people. Okay, John 1:10. Look at what he says. He, Jesus, was in the world, the world system. And the world, the planet, was made through him. Yet the world, the people, did not know him. You see it? All right, flip over to chapter 3. You guys all know John 3.16. For God so loved the world. What do you think he's saying? God so loved the world. What is he saying? The people, right? He doesn't love the world system. I'm sure he loves his creation, but it's very damaged right now. Not that he doesn't love it. But look at verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world, the world system, to condemn the world, the planet, but in order that the world, people, might be saved through him. Right. Back to John chapter 15, verse 19. If you were of the world system, the world people would love you as its own. But because you are not 
of the world system, but I chose you out of the world system and planet. Therefore, the world, the people, hate you. Does that make it more clear? So you got to check the source. Is it me? Am I the one? Or is it something spiritual that's happening? And here's the thing. God gave me this illustration. I'm going to grab this quick. Just, uh, oh yeah, I'm going to get it right off of there. All right, so God gave me this illustration. Here's the thing. Because when I think about hatred and I think about the world, I think God loves, right? God so loves the world, right? And he gave his only son. And so that love of God, this love covers all people, Okay? covers all people. Whether they're for him or against him, it covers all people. Right? Here's the thing. A lot of us are like, well, why do evil people like just, how come they get it so easy? How come they, what's going on? Well, here's the thing. Satan, on the other hand, uses people, right? And the people he uses are not us, right? He only wants to use, respect, like, whatever, play nice with the people that are his. So do you see something? We're loved by God, hated by Satan. These people loved, I don't know if love's the right word by Satan, used by Satan, but they're still loved by God. God still shows mercy, mercy on them. Don't the rains fall on the just and the unjust? God says, yeah, it does. And so, these people need Jesus. And God's love is trying to reach them until the time. I just thought this kind of made it clear to me. Because so many times I'm just like, what am I supposed to do? You know, it doesn't seem like it's all going well. Well, this, we need to love like our Father. Okay? We need to love like our Father. And you know what? This, these guys hate like their Father. Does that make sense? This is how it's going in our world, in our system. And so when you get to that question, like, why is it so hard on this earth? Why is it so hard? Well, this is why. We're in the middle of a battle. We're soldiers on one side. God loves us. He sent the Holy Spirit to fill us, to give power, right? And we also live in a very hostile world. So you might say, well, what is the world system like? What is the one word definition of the world system? Me. Me, I'm king. I'm going to get what I want. If you're in my way, I'll come through you to get what I want. It's me. And so, hopefully, you're not hated because you're a me monster. You're hard to get along with. You're lazy. You're needy. You're insensitive or rude or obnoxious or proud or foolish or selfish. Then you're just acting like the world system. 
Lord willing, we, as followers of Jesus Christ, are being hated because we love Jesus Christ. And we act like Jesus Christ. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit are filling our life. And the world doesn't like that. I'll tell you more about why when we get done here. And as believers, our mantra shouldn't be me. Our mantra should be like, um, I have a new king now. His name is Jesus. I don't serve myself anymore. I serve him. So whatever he says, I do it. When he leads, I follow. When he says go, I go. And I listen. And he leads me. Don't love the world system. John 2, 15 through 17. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Don't be conformed to the world system. Romans 12, 1, 1 and 2. Don't love it. Don't be conformed to it. Rather, love the people, not the system. Love the people like God our Father, but not the system. Does that make sense? This is a really hard passage. Because it starts about, you know, hatred's a really sensitive topic. Well, when am I supposed to love? When am I supposed to hate? Uh, I don't think you're ever supposed to hate. You can stand up for the truth of Jesus. That's going to feel like hate to some people. They're going to say you're a hater because you do things differently than them. Okay. Don't be surprised. Check the source. Here's the third thing from verse 20. Set proper expectations. This a little help for your hatred? (laughs) A little help. Set proper expectations. Here's what it says in verse 20. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. You know when he said that? John 13, 16. All right? That's when he said that. Just a couple when he was washing their feet. If If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. If they kept my word, they would also keep yours. So here it is. Jesus says, set proper expectations. He said, remember the words that I spoke? Remember what I said? I said, a master is greater than a servant. And if a master gets treated poorly, if he gets killed then what do you think the servant gets? Do I deserve something better than Jesus? Do I deserve something that Jesus didn't get? I don't think so. Here's the problem. The problem is we don't expect it. We don't expect to die. We don't expect to be excommunicated. We don't expect to be persecuted. And we don't expect to be hated. We don't expect it. When we don't expect it, we're surprised. Don't be surprised. Check. Check and make sure it's hatred, right? From the world system. And then this, set proper expectations. So, how many of you like to be liked? Okay, nobody. A few, few, few of you are asleep already. 
Sorry to bore you with Scripture. Man, that is a sin. I never want to bore people with Scripture. Okay, here it is. I like to be liked. Matter of fact, it gets me into trouble. When I please people versus God, it doesn't go well. Maybe you can relate. As a husband, after 24 years of marriage, almost 25 this June, I've had to make some tough, tough calls. You know, my wife and I don't always agree on everything. And uh, when we agree, it's sweet. And when we don't agree on the minor things, I'm going to defer. Okay? I'm going to defer. I think a good husband does that. But on the major things, when God's leading me to do something, maybe it's a job. I mean, I know you guys are moving to Nashville. Maybe it's like, we're moving to Nashville, right? And sometimes it's like, if, if we're not on the same page, I got to make the tough call. I got to make the tough call. And you know what? You're not popular. Remember, we moved from Minnesota to Indiana. My wife was like, yeah, well, I guess we'll do it. Yeah, you're not very happy at your job. Yeah, we'll do it. And you know what? Hindsight 2020, she didn't want to move. I had to make a tough call. And it was good for our family, but it was hard. And I was very unpopular. As a father with teenage kids now, sometimes you're like, warning, don't go that way. It's going to hurt. You ever been there? Maybe you were a teenager listening. And how many times did you say, oh, dad, you're so right. You're amazing. That hasn't happened to me once. And I have an 18-year-old. Oh, dad, that's good advice. You're amazing. You're awesome. Oh, father. The wisdom that exudes from your face, especially in the mouth region, is amazing. Never. More often than not, it's like very hard to make a tough call. Like, hey guys, we're going to go to church, not basketball. My boys, two of them, are at basketball tonight. They'll be watching online because we're going to go to church. And sometimes it's hard when you want to lay down a standard. Like, this is what we think God is glorified in. And when it bristles against somebody, even your own family, you become unpopular. So set some proper expectations. What is the standard anyway? What is the standard? (laughs) This is the standard, right? This is the truth. All right, keep going. It gets harder. I I saved the best for last. As a pastor. (laughs) Oh, man. It's all hard. As a pastor, when you say, this is the kind of church we're going to be, We're going to have this governance. We're going to go this direction. This is the way God is most honored. This is what I'm hearing. And this is what we're going to do. When somebody doesn't like that, it's going to be on. And you might as well set, let's just lower our expectations a little bit. You might as well just set your expectations right now to say there's going to be some people leaving your ministry, hitting the back door, and they hit that crash board bar a different way. Because they're not coming back. 
as an employer. Sometimes employees are great. Sometimes they're not. And I don't know if you've ever had employees before, but you know sometimes you're like, man, this isn't working out and we need to make a change for the better. And you can't come to church. I can't come to church and go, hey, here's the whole story. Here's the garbage. Here's why person X had to leave. And I'm sorry, you were really impacted by his ministry, but like, you just have to be unpopular. There's just, just set that expectation. You cannot do it all perfectly. And then as a friend, are you a friend of anybody? You have friends? Have you ever had to sit your friend down and go, I can't, I can't support the way you're going. I know you've done that because you've told me. I know you have. It's like, hey, we got to talk and you know, you're going that direction and I just don't think God's honored with that. And if you don't have a friend that's ever done that with you, if you don't have anybody that's ever spoken those words to you, you need some new friends. Because rebuking and reproving are in the Bible, okay? Just like exhorting it. And so as a friend, you know, I don't agree with that. And you got to, you know, I think you should stop and you're headed in the wrong direction. And it makes me very unpopular to do any of those things. I'm not liked. Can we stop trying to be liked? Stop trying to get likes? I think that's what God's kind of getting at here. He's like, dude, the world doesn't like you. It's okay. I love you. I'm sending the Holy Spirit to you. You don't need their like. You need my love. I hope that's clear. To make it worse, I'm a flawed person. I'm a flawed husband. I'm a flawed father. I'm a flawed pastor. I'm a flawed employer. And I'm a flawed friend. And so when I do these things in an imperfect way, people aren't going to like me. So let's set, let's lower our expectations a bit about how this is going to go in this world. I think this should help you with hatred. And if you needed further convincing, Jesus was perfect. And what happened to him? He lived a perfect life and they killed him. Here's my question to you. Do you think you're better than Jesus? No, I don't. Do you think you're greater than Jesus? No, I don't. He says it. Um, I don't know if this helps you or not, but it's really helped me over the years. It's uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul, at the end of his life, says this. Indeed, listen now. All who desire to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will be persecuted. Indeed. Let me, let me just tell you straight, Timothy. Everybody that wants to live for Jesus, a godly life, they're going to be persecuted. I've often wondered about that verse in America when it's so easy. If everybody likes you, maybe you're not on the right path with Christ. All right, I got to move on. Number four, help with hatred. Understand the cause. You got to understand the cause. So here's the thing. Look at verses 21 through 25. You're going to see three causes here. First one is in verse 21. 
but all these things they will do to you on account of my name. It's because of Jesus, because they do not know him who sent me. Whoever hates me, verse 23, hates my father also. Here's the point. You want to understand the cause? Three reasons why we get hated. Three reasons why we get hated. Number one, they don't know God. They don't know God. They claim to know God. Don't, I'm not, I'm not going to mince words about that. They claim to know God. The Pharisees claim to know God. They don't know the one true God in three persons or manifestations. They don't know him. Let me ask you this. Would you hit a blind person? Would you just, person with a white cane, tink, 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 would you just be like, whoo, clothesline? Would you just punch him right in the face? Would you do that? Nobody would do that physically. You're almost like angry at me because I'm saying it. Nobody would do that. But you know what we do as Christians? We punch spiritually blind people. We're like, why don't you get it? What's wrong with you? God, you say you like God. You say you know God. And we're just, just beating them up. We have to stop. We need to love them. We need to understand they don't get it. So when we got this hatred thing going on, you're like, well, why do I get all the hate? Because you're chosen. Because you're a follower of Jesus Christ. Because your eternal standing is set. And theirs isn't. Take one for the team, right? Hope that they get it. Pray that they get it. Act in a way that they might get it. I don't expect them to know that gay marriage is wrong. I don't expect them to know that abortion is wrong. I don't expect them to know that pornography is wrong. I don't expect them to know that greed is wrong. They don't know. Should they know? Yes. Do they know? No. They don't know. I hope this helps. Help with hatred. Three reasons why we get hated. They don't know God. Look in verse 22. They don't like guilt. They don't like guilt. If I had come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Look at verse 24. If I had not done the things among them, the works that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. They're guilty. They're just flat out guilty. And they don't like it. Okay, best thing, this illustration, I'll never forget this illustration. He had this big, I don't have a military hat, but he had this big hat on, this preacher friend of mine. And he had this big hat on and he had a guy come up and he started like, berating him like freedoms in America, you know, like I'm ex-military. And you know, you ever work with that guy who's like, freedom's awesome. And we need to stand for freedom. And people died for you. And then, you know, they get in your face and you're like, dude, I'm sorry, man. 
they kind of make you feel guilty because you never served in the military. I've never served in the military. I wish I had sometimes because I feel guilty just when people do that. You know what? Sometimes that's how Christians make people feel. Because they feel guilty when you're around them. They feel guilty when you're around them. When the light exposes the sin, when just your presence, the Holy Spirit in you is on them, around them, they feel guilty. You don't do the same things I do. You won't say the same things I say. They feel guilty around you. And thus they hate you for it. And I don't know why we're surprised. Understand the cause. Here's the third thing. And, and by the way, hold on one second. The, the thing is, guilt is a good thing. Do you, do you ever feel guilt? Yeah, you want it to stay like that. Um, okay, stove, hot, hot stove. If you put your hands on a stove, it's going to hurt. And if you leave them there, it's going to burn. And it's going to smell. And you're going to be like, whoa, I don't like that feeling, right? But guess what? If you do that again tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day, pretty soon you don't even care. And other people are like, man, you're hurting yourself. And you're like, yeah, I don't feel a thing. It smells. Yeah, oh, it's great. I've grown accustomed to that smell. It's the aroma. That's burning flesh. Like, that's how it happens with us. And I, I was so addicted to pornography. I had gone down that road so far. I, it's like, you know, and I hear guys say, well, yeah, I have agreement with my wife or this or that. And I'm like, dude, it's wrong. Knock it off. You seared your conscience somewhere because you need to come back to the Lord and figure out that he's like, don't hurt yourself. Anyway, I needed that too. Praise the Lord. Guilt. It's the alarm that goes off in you. And I think as Christians, you need to know this. Whoop, 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 whoop. The Holy Spirit's telling you, watch out. This ain't good, right? You have a choice. You can either obey and submit, or you can refuse and do what you want to do. But if you refuse and do what you want to do, it's going to be a little faint next time. Hey, don't do that. And the next time. And the next time. Don't quench the Spirit. Don't neglect the Spirit. We'll talk about that next week when we talk about the Holy Spirit. All right, got to keep going. Number three. Three reasons why we get hated. Number three, they don't recognize the authority of God. They don't recognize the authority of God. See it in verse 25. But the word that was written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without cause. I think it's so interesting that he says their law. Whose law is it? Whose law is it? It's the law of Jesus, right? It's the Old Testament law. It's not their law, it's his law. Why does he say it's theirs? Because they had twisted it up so much and made it so much their own. He's like, that's not my law. That's your law. You made those rules. You did those things. Their law, but still in your law, right? It still says the same thing. They hated me without cause. 
They don't recognize the authority of God. I'm the king, bow to me. I don't bow to anyone. It's my way or the highway and without cause. So here's the thing. There's no reason not to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. As I read the scriptures, as I look at the evidence, as I feel the Holy Spirit, it's like, this is a no-brainer. There's no reason to say no. And yet people are doing it left and right, left and right, left and right. Why? Because they don't realize there's an ultimate authority and they have to sit, stand, kneel, face down before a judge one day and give an account. But we know. We know. We are aware. We've read. We've seen. We've heard. And we realize there's an authority. All right. The very last point of this message was the hardest one. And here's what it is. Help with hatred, number five. When the helper comes, who's the helper? The Holy Spirit, whom I will send you. I'll send to you from the Father. He's been saying this language. I'm going to send him. The Father's going to send him. I'm just so confused. You can go over to Acts chapter 2, verses 32 and 33, and he explains it just perfectly. The Father's giving him to the Son. The Son's giving him to you. So he is coming from the Father, but he is given to you by the Son, Jesus Christ. Just to be clear. He will bear witness about me. About who? Who's the Holy Spirit going to bear witness about? Jesus, right? And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. And again, I've said these things to you so that keep you from falling away. All right, here it is. I want you to abide. In order for you to abide, when things get hard because people hate you, you need to remember that I said these things. Remember that I said, don't be surprised. Remember that I said, check the source. Remember that I said, set proper expectations. Maybe lower yours a bit about the world. Remember that I said, you can understand the cause. And this last thing. Witness as the Spirit leads. Not exactly what you're thinking out of the last kind of like, I'm being hated, you want me to witness? Do you know the word witness, bear witness, is is the same word as martyr? Testify for Jesus no matter how hard it is. That's what he's saying. And you know what? You don't have to do that in your own strength. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. Now, if that's not good news for people that are living in this world, I don't know what it is. We're living in an upside-down world. It is, it is crazy. People are saying crazy things. There's the me parade, right? Gay pride parade. Greenpeace parade. Greedy politicians parade. It's happening. The me parade's out there. And we're not in the parade. And we're going to get ridiculed for not being on the parade. And Jesus says, in the most important point of the whole message, I don't know why I took so long on everything else, the Holy Spirit will bear witness. Just like I said last week, receive the Holy Spirit because He will bear witness. And you 
through the power of the Holy Spirit, will bear witness for me. Even if it's hard. So witness as the Spirit leads. Don't witness as you want. Don't go tell somebody, your friend, about Jesus unless the Holy Spirit's like, hey, let's go talk to so-and-so. You're like, where's the verse for that? Uh, He moved Philip. (laughs) Acts 8, he's like, Philip, I need you over here to talk to this guy. And he talked to the Ethiopian eunuch and a whole continent got the gospel. I think Jesus knows who he wants. Can we listen? Can we listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit and witness as the Spirit leads? All right, I've taken enough time. There's so much more I could say, but um, my son's playing basketball and I want to go watch him. You guys are like, that's a horrible reason to stop. But you're bored isn't a good reason? Come on. All right. We need help with hatred. I need help in my own life. I've hated people. That's wrong. As a believer in Jesus Christ, that's wrong. When I hate people, I'm in the wrong category. I'm not living in Christ. So if there's anyone, let's just get real. If there's anyone that you hate right now, outside of the will of the Lord, and you need to beg God, okay, repent of that, and ask God to fill you with your Holy Spirit and, uh, and stop hating, right? Love. It's hard. It's hard. It's harder than you think. All right. This is a resource. It's a book, Jesus Freaks, called Voice of the uh, Martyrs. Um, you can go to persecution.com if you want to read about that. I think all this stuff is helpful. This is Fox's Book of Martyrs. That's really encouraging too because as we go deeper and deeper into this run with the world, we need to have this mindset. So I'm not giving you Fox, Fox's Book of Martyrs because I don't even think you can buy it anymore. But this right here, if anybody wants to read it, we can pass it around. That'd be great. You can come get it from me and I'd love to help you that way. At the end of it all, I've decided to follow Jesus. I've decided he's my king. I'm on that parade. And so I thought we might close our service by standing and just declaring to Jesus again, I've decided to follow you. So let's stand. Father God, in this place, we lift you up. And we have afresh learned of our own sin of hatred and why other people hate us so much. And uh, we have now received help to understand why, to understand how to deal with it, to understand um, that your Holy Spirit is all we need for life and godliness. And uh, God, may he reign in us so that we might be Loving to those who hate us. That's a tall order, but we can do it in Jesus' name. I pray it.